Welcome to the Millennial Falcon Podcast, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the DC area, and with me is only one of my co-hosts. I'm Hwai Chen Buya, writer for Slash Film and a pop culture journalist in New York. And that's, that's us. That's it. That's Anya, us. unfortunately, due to scheduling uh, issues, uh, cannot make it for this episode. Uh, we are recording on a Tuesday. It's a little more hectic this with it this way. But uh, HT, what are we? What are we? What are we talking about today? We're talking about the Good Place. Um, we said goodbye to the Mike Shore NBC comedy this past Thursday, and um, it's a bittersweet goodbye because. This series, which ran for four seasons on NBC, was able to have the goodbye that it uh, it wanted to do and that it deserved to get. So, The Good Place is uh, created by Mike Schur, and it stars Kristen Bell, Ted Danson, Jamila Jamil, Darcy Carden, William Har- Jackson Harper, and um, Manny Jacinto. And it follows Eleanor, Eleanor Shellstrop, a uh, Arizona dirtbag, self-proclaimed, um, who finds out that she has made it into the good place, but she realizes that there has been a mistake, and she has uh, must figure out how to hide the fact that she doesn't belong there from the good place's architect, Michael, played by Ted Danson, and his all-knowing assistant, Janet, played by Darcy Carden. And with the help of her soulmate, Chidi, uh, she learns to be a better person, or at least pretend to be. But that is the premise only of the first season. This is a show that has evolved and changed with every single season in a very chameleonic manner, in, in ways that we haven't been able to predict or um, or guess. And uh, it's surprised us and to our delight every time Um, and I think that we couldn't really predict where this final season of The Good Place could have gone it's really the most ambitious of the uh, of all the seasons Um, it basically involves the the four the core four um, and and Michael basically revamping the uh, afterlife system and uh, it's you know what? It, it basically became Lost again, which I have yeah. no qualms with because I love Lost. Honestly, yeah. more than Mary. Drew Goddard is an executive producer on this show. He worked on Lost. Like there, There's a Leftovers reference in the finale. It is clear that this show homages a lot to Lost, to Damon Lindelof. Um, the, just, I guess... Kind of, we've already spoiled a little bit, but we're going to talk about the finale. We're going to talk about the season. Then we're going to talk about the whole series as a whole now that it's done. Sort of, we've done episodes in the past on The Good Place because it is one of our favorite shows of the past four years, and so we've dedicated several several uh, of our hours of, of podcasting to it. Um, and we we figured we'd do one more just to just to sort of cap it all off because it really is. One more for the road. Uh, we we're gonna we're gonna set sail into the sunset and ride off like a cowboy. Um, because it really is like I think one of my favorite shows of the decade. It is definitely uh, like it has become one of my favorite shows of all time. Mike Sure, I think just cannot do any wrong. Like I really think that it's a it's perfect, and I love its blend of uh, philosophy and science fiction and comedy. 
and does it so well. It's so unusual. Like it's nothing. I think like there's no there's nothing else on TV like it, and there, there probably hasn't been anything like it since Lost or The Leftovers, um, and maybe now Watchmen. But Watchmen's a whole different beast. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a lot to 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 pay homage to Damon Lindelof and and Lost there. Um, why don't we get started with our like thoughts on the finale? We're you know spoilers, I guess. Um, HT, what did you think of the finale episode? I love the finale episode. I think it was just a wonderful payoff to the not only the fourth season but the entire show. Um, and I actually will say that I was a little on the fence about the the first half, like the beginning of the fourth season. I wasn't a fan of the the new group that they brought in, even though I kind of got mm-hmm. the 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 gist of it, like why they were doing it. Uh, as like it, this is basically the the experiments that uh, Michael and the group come up with to convince the judge that humans are capable of uh, changing for the better in a controlled environment. Um, and uh, they aren't able they aren't able to do that, so, which leads the judge to decide to. Uh, erase humanity to reset the system but of course later on we they they figure out a way out of that but uh that first half of the season I think was um dragged a little for me and it was almost a rehash of the first seasons in ways that were not as good and not as funny but it um it really all came together once like the plot kicked in and uh I think that this was a a season that could benefit from being even shorter actually um, and it was very plot driven episode, uh, a plot driven season, uh, as opposed to like the other ones, which were kind of could be could afford to be a little bit more episodic, even though they had an overarching plot. So this one, you're like every episode, you're like, okay, that was a good episode. But I'm looking forward to the next one rather than be like that was a really great memorable episode that I'm keeping my memory. But the latter half of season four was great, and I think the the last episode, which came um, almost like I didn't really it almost didn't need it because uh the second to last episode felt so final you know and i was like yeah. what are they even gonna do in the last episode but it it was so beautifully done and gave everyone their happy ending and i've seen actually an article that was talking about how it seemed just so just so easy to give everyone a happy ending and that everyone is just faded towards being able to find that piece that nirvana but i really like that message i like that they i Mm -hmm. think it it matches with the optimistic tone of the good place that we can all work to be a better person and that's sort of like our inevitable goal as well as our inevitable end point we're all going to be better and better ourselves because that's what humanity can be and i really like that message I really loved the finale. I thought, I agree that like the series could have ended last week where, you know, it's just Chidi and Eleanor on their balcony, you know, looking out on the sunset and realize, you know, they have all the time in the world, Jeremy, bury me. Um, and you know, they could have ended it, but I think what the, the, like the beauty of the finale is that we got to see their happily ever afters and we got to see what like the, the, the fruits of their labor we get to see like the the good place in action finally like what it what it was meant to be all along um and then and then to see the bittersweet endings of these characters literally and like figuratively like it's the end of the show it's the end of the series but it's also we also like see them 
like as Chidi puts it back to the ocean. Uh, uh, and I love that anecdote so much. It was just such a such a beautiful monologue. Beautiful one, yeah. It's and it really. I also really appreciated that the show finally brought in Eastern philosophy. Yeah. Um, and it felt very fitting for the end of the Good Place too, because the eventual like end um, that they designed is more in line with Eastern philosophies. That idea of like going back to the Earth back to the universe, back to the cosmos. It's a very sort of almost animistic um, kind of uh, journey. Right. And like it's you sort of see the pull, the push and pull between like Western philosophy and Eastern philosophy in terms of like what's what the Greeks think of, of how we, you know, like the like the like the I, the Western concept of heaven versus the Eastern concept of reincarnation. And you sort of see like, oh, were they like redesigning the good place so that, you know, you start reincarnating? It's like what is the first two? Like, I really thought that was where they were going with it, where, like, it wasn't exactly you you reincarnate as a different animal or a different form, but you just, you go back to Earth and you just try again and you try again. And I thought that was interesting. And the way they do, they do it is much, is, you know, you die and then you go to, you know, you do the thing where you try to get better and they test you and if you fail, you go back and if you keep going, you go to the good place. And then once you get to eternity, you get to, uh, you know, complete your journey and become one with the universe again. And that's actually similar to the cycles and concept of reincarnation um, because, but done in like all in the afterlife versus through several lifetimes because the end goal of reincarnation is nirvana. And that's essentially mm-hmm. what you see with this. It's like reaching ultimate being. And um, I, I, I really like, I love that this is a comedy show that's teaching us yeah. about philosophy. It's so good, and like you, you see Jason's care. You see Jason, Manny Jacinto's character, like live thousands of lifetimes in the in the in the redwood forests, um, and like literally becoming the monk that he was pretending to be at the beginning of the first season, <laughs> um, and making peace with you know the universe, even though he was ready to go uh, when at that at the beginning of the episode. Um, I re- and I also love that you know the final moments for all these characters right before they decide that they're ready to 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 move on are they're so in character um you know it, and also a, like a reversal of character where you see Chidi who has never been able to decide anything in his life so killed him and then you find out that he had decided to move on a while ago mm-hmm. and you know he was waiting for the right moment to tell Eleanor and I thought that was beautiful character development because you get the you get the guy who could never decide on anything deciding when to move on like I think that's really powerful I think that shows a lot of growth and you you see Eleanor is still is um you know is still human you know she still doesn't want Chidi to go because that's you know they're soulmates and they're together forever and she's not ready to go but he is and so you get this really heartbreaking monologue from Kristen Bell on the, the that bridge in Paris which is just sort of like soul crushing and and then she realizes that it's time for him to go and she figures out what she needs to do. I don't know. I think this is such, it's such a great way to finish this show. And I, I do agree that the first half of the season four, I was a little concerned as to where they were going because it seemed like they had slowed down after like sort of like the, the, the highway of season three, where you basically, where they just like kept going and going and going. 
Um, and so I was, I was, and I think this, that would probably work better on a binge. I feel where you sort of can just get through those first six or seven episodes, like really quickly before you get dive back into like the, the very like plot and plot heavy version, you know, like the better episodes of season four, which is, I definitely agree is the back half. Um, even though like I do, I like the introduction of the characters that they bring in, um, as sort of like you know, you get a guy like Brent and you're just like, oh, he's the absolute worst. How are, how is he going to get better? And you see just the slightest bit, just the slightest bit, he gets a little bit better. Um, and you see him in the finale just a little bit better, but not, he's still a dirtbag. He's still, he's taking the, definitely the longest to uh, go through the test. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that they didn't show him getting actually into it because I feel like that he's, he's the sort of character that probably either wouldn't or would take literally a thousand Jerry, like 200,000 Jerry Baramies to get to that good place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, like we're sort of diving into the themes of the show as a whole, but the show has always been about like the connections you make, the bonds you make with people. The friends you make along the way. The good place really was the friends you made along the way. Um, and they, they make no bones about it. Like, that's what the theme of the show is. That is what the message. And, you know, I think it's so great to have a show like this, especially in the times that we are in right now. Like the, the show premiered at the, in fall of 2016, I believe. And yeah, 2016, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. So like for the past four years, we've been sort of in, in it, you know, we've been sort of in it. And the show has been sort of a nice, a nice uh, breath of fresh air, um, and yeah, it's it's I think it's comparable to Lost in that in those ways where Lost was dealing with a lot of heavy themes about morality and philosophy, and th- you know they were also very explicit with their references. We had there was a whole character named John Luck, uh, and so and a whole character and, named Rousseau too. And Desmond Hume, mm-hmm. which is also another philosopher. Like, they are very, they were very much uh, on the nose They're about their philosophy. Nerds. Yeah, uh, just a bunch of nerds doing comedy and drama based on philosophy. Um, and uh, we should say, because Anya's not here, she would like us to tell you guys, the audience, that she loves Chidi Anagane, uh with all her heart and would die for him. Um, and she also loves ethics. Uh, uh, yeah, Anya, that's what Anya says about about the good place. Yeah, shout out to Anya. Um, I do want to talk, uh, make a note, or rather add to what you're saying before about uh, character development and how we see how much they've changed at the end. And I think it's really interesting because um, one of the... Uh, one of the distinctive things about The Good Place is its treatment of character development because in the first few seasons, at least in a lot of uh, these past seasons actually, it's kind of treated development as this sort of thing that can be taken away and and, and added back because of all the resets and the way mm-hmm. it plays almost with sitcom tropes and that like, oh, it'll go, we'll reset back to the status quo and that'll be easy and that kind of stuff. Um, and you can go back and like not have that will will they won't their chemistry or like suddenly they're together and that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's really interesting that this entire series hinges on development and developing as not only as a character but as a good person. And um, 
And yet a lot of the development we see with these with the characters are kind of off screen, except in the final season. We do find we do actually see a lot of um, where they grow and how they build onto themselves and the third season too I guess but yeah it's it's really interesting to me like this this show's relationship with character development and how it's almost um tossed around a little bit in a way that's very unconventional and um even so when like you see these characters change they're still very recognizable like you know Eleanor doesn't lose her her dirtbag ways even if she's a better person and um Tahani still loves to name drop and I like that um, that message as well that even if we change in, into better people we're still essentially the same person and um, it, even at times it does seem like they're almost still the archetypes that they were they're still much richer um, at the end of the day uh, in terms of just like character growth and character nuance so but it is still a comedy so you can't have like too much of that so there is still going to be like right. archetypes you can't do what uh, Angel did with Wesley yes. and have him just go from like sort of comic relief to like, like just the almost villain of the show for a season or something like at least working with the villains and like having depression and being like just just, just like so emotionally drained and, and trigger like, and trigger ready and all that stuff. Trigger, trigger happy. happy, just trigger happy and just sort of like on on his on a downward slope after being like the fun British dude, haha. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can't really do that in the good place. Uh, but I I agree. Like I I sort of I I but I see what they're doing with having these characters live like eight hundred lifetimes, and you sort of see them at different points along those different lifetimes, especially in that reboot episode where like I think that was really the game changer for me. Like. Or like, I mean, the season one finale was the game changer because it was like, oh shit, they're in the bad place. But then you see, you think that it's going to be another season of them pretending to be in the good place and having to discover that they're not. And then you, then the second episode is they, literally like they do it in like one they episode. Just, they do it like eight hundred of reboots in one time, and like, meanwhile, Janet is getting more developed as a as a as an actual like being in the universe and. You know, you see, you get Michael's uh, character development uh, very much on screen, I'd say. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think Michael and Janet probably get the most on-screen development. And that's right. really interesting because they're the only non-human characters, too. Right. They're the ones that can't be rebooted. Or I mm -hmm. guess Janet reboots, but she's still essentially the same person. Uh, like, she still retains her memories. And then, but then you get the point in season three, I believe, where they actually get their memories of the, all their lifetimes and sort of at that point they are they're not going to be rebooted anymore so they're like they're they are that's their like their final version of themselves uh and i think that it's really neat the way they do it um and you they do they subvert those those like sitcom status quo things by going back to one thing but then it quickly evolves into something else um and i think that it's just I don't know I think they they did I think they nailed it on, right on the head uh, with it yeah uh, you know I, I'd be really interested I've watched the first two seasons I've binged the first two seasons a couple times because I watched it in real time and then I went back and watched it with my girlfriend who was watching it for the first time and then we watched season three and four in real time so I'd be really interested to go back and watch the whole season whole show uh in one binge or one marathon because i think that you know 
I, I listened to the Good Place the podcast, and Mike Schur saying was like they had ideas for the series finale at the end of season two. So like this is definitely something that they've been working on. It's a very complicated, plotty show, um, and they they burn through a lot of plot that you'd expect them to burn through in like a season six or seven of a show, but they burn it in like season two and three. So I think that they do, a, they do a good job of like stuffing a lot of, a lot of shit into the show, but they do it quickly and they do it in a half hour TV show, not even an hour long. Yeah. It really is amazing. And it's a, it's very much a comedy. It's not like, it's still so funny. It's not like one of those, those comedies quote unquote that are in half. They're only comedies because they're half hour shows, but really there should yeah, be dramas your your atlantas your masters of nuns your uh i guess kind of fleabag or is fleabag funny i still haven't watched fleabag, fleabag is funny but it is more okay. dramatic than anything right you get you get the shows that are like well we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna win the emmy because we're half hour instead of an hour yeah. um uh but the but the good place is legitimately one of the funniest tv shows like there, I remember just laughing like out loud on so many jokes this past se- season. Um, even in the finale, the finale was so funny. It really um, was. And you think that it's one of those like the Parks and Rec finale, I'd say, wasn't so much funny as it was sincere and like a great way to end yeah. the, the show. It was very sentimental. Very sentimental. And there was in a good way. And there were jokes, but there, it wasn't like playing for laughs per se but i'd say like the, with the good place finale like they really hit like the hit the nail on the head with the jokes in this one um and yeah the, i want to kind of compare parks and rec finale to the good place finale because th- mike sure now has been able to end two series that he's show run with like his way of ending the show like he's like he's never had a show, or I guess, you know, the, both Parks and Rec and uh, The Good Place were able to, like, end on their own terms and have character send-offs and have, like, a, the finale be, like, something special. Yeah. And not just, this is the end, this is the final episode. But it, but the way they treat it is these characters are going to move on and they're going to live lives in Parks and Rec because it's a, a show set on Earth. You can show their futures and you can show like how they develop as characters in in, the, in that final like I want to say hour of television, but in the good place you have infinity to show, and the beauty of that is that they just show the final moments. Just you know, Jason complete completes the perfect uh, game of Madden, and he's like, I'm ready. Tahani uh, completes uh or, no, it says says uh you know, reconciles with her parents. Um, after get, after uh, becoming a a master craftsman Nick, uh, from Nick Offerman, uh, which was a very good joke. I was uh, was is it was it Nick Offerman playing himself or was he playing Ron Swanson? Was my question. According to the podcast, it is Nick Offerman. In the script, he was written as Nick oh. and not. Ron. Oh, I, I almost would have loved con- if it was Ron because then you could have the crossover with Parks and Rec in yeah. good place. I think if it was Ron Swanson, he would have had the mustache and the hair, but mm. Nick Offerman had like a shaved head and a must and a, a big bushy beard. Uh, um, but he's still like a master craftsman in in real life, so it's just, it's still funny. That, of course, Nick Offerman gets into the good place, um, and so Tahani gets her 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 final moments with her parents, and then decides to become a, a good place architect, which is super cool. Um, and you see you see Chidi. You know, and Eleanor go through Greece. How so? In Paris, 
that was that was so fun to watch. I just I think these characters are so great. They're so they're so swell. Yeah. And Mike sure obviously loves his characters. I was going to um, add to when you're ta- comparing the Parks and Rec and Good Place finales. He really loves a happy ending, doesn't he? He gives just like the happiest really ending to all of his characters, which again, like is not a bad thing, especially in a, in a world where we desperately need happy endings. But but these characters, you know, it's funny because like these characters have been dead from day one, mm-hmm. but the afterlife, there's a life to it. And also there's a finality to it. And mm-hmm. I think that's sort of a beautiful statement that they've, that they've created. Um, and yeah, we see, we, we say goodbye to these characters. Uh, Michael gets to become a human, which is really fun. Yeah. He always loves, he always loves like human little things. I love when he's like, I'd love to send a text message saying I'm five minutes away when I haven't even left the house yet. I'm like, that's perfect. That. That's what humans do. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've done um, that when I'm like in the car. Five minutes away. <laughs> five minutes uh, away. I just, yeah, I, I think, and like, uh, we see him like learning how to play guitar and doing a bunch of human things. And from Mary Steenburgen. Just... The Steenburgen. Yeah, Steenburgen. 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 Yeah. Um, uh, IRL life. Uh, and they are. That was the, a fun little like cameo appearance. A lot of cameos in this in this finale. Yeah, like everybody who's come back has come back. Um, and you see, yeah, Michael gets his final his final Eleanor's final task in the Good Place is, is to help Michael become a human, which I think is such a uh, a fun sort of encapsulation of their character arcs together. Which is Eleanor helping well first helping Mindy St Clair become uh, go through the Good Place meeting uh, a, a, a Dr. Manhattan-like Derek in the process, which was Buckwild. I love that. That was my favorite part. Oh, my God. What did he say? Um, he was like, Derek is is all or something. It was Derek great. <laughs> it was terrifying. Um, but, yeah, and then she, and then she decided she, – she realizes that her, her final task was to help Michael become a human, which I think is just so fun, so cool. Um, what else? Yeah, I, well, I like how at the end when you see Eleanor, who's the last one to step through the door, which takes them, sort of like puts them back into the universe, uh, you see sort of her influence still being felt. Um, I like mm-hmm. the concept that like once you go into the universe, like it's almost like passing passing it on, you know? It's passing on yeah. that good deed and passing on like that good mojo uh, to back into the earth and to uh, real people who are still living. Because you see a little spark kind of float down to this guy who throws away a letter initially and then decides to take it to the actual address to which it was supposed to be sent. And um, then, you know, you see at the end, uh, Michael says, take it sleazy. And it's just kind of which like, um, yeah. He's I, always wanted to say He's it. always wanted to say it. But I also like the idea that it's like, you know, they they may be gone like these people may be gone like twice they may be there may be a finality to their existence now that they're like fully incorporated into the universe but like really their presence will always be part of that and that's what it is it's just com- going back into the earth going back into the cosmos it's almost like a an environmental message in a way you're like you go on, from dust until dust and um give back to the earth and if we give back then we get back that kind of thing it's yeah. a cycle i thought 
I thought that whole that final sequence was just so cool, just because like I thought, oh, we're not gonna see how they actually dissolve back into the universe, and then we see it with Eleanor, and we see her sort of float away, and yeah, that little spark back into back into the into the into the earth. You know what it reminded me of? You finished mm-hmm. reading his Dark Materials, right? Of course. It's... I haven't watched. I haven't listened to. I haven't. Sorry, I haven't read the prequels or okay. I guess the the, uh, well, the new trilogy. It reminds me of you know the ending of the Amber Spyglass where they cut an opening out of the, the land of the dead and let the spirits back into the universe and they basically dissolve into particles and become part of the universe once again. And it's basically the same concept. And also, like, having to do with sort of animism and everything, too. Like, we all go back to the Earth. And I thought that was just so, so cool and so, um, so exciting. Yeah. I, I, I think just, just the ideas that the show has or that has taken inspiration from and sort of explicitly incorporated it into the show. It's not just sort of Lost was sort of more oblique about their references and sort yeah. of, like, philosophy and stuff but like they name like the good place names philosoph like modern day philosophers and ancient philosophers and ancient uh ideas and and modern ideas and i think that it's it's cool it's really cool in like an american television show to have concepts like reincarnation or you know karma and and like returning to the to the ocean or to the back to the earth like is such a really uh neat thing for something on nbc (laughs) yeah and the trolley problem too like this is a show that that educates and entertains and then makes us feel and cry and laugh and all those things that's also super emotional it is super emotional i yeah during td's wave um anecdote i cried i was was like god this is just it really it really spoke to me um but yeah yeah and i think i think yeah i i mean this show has always been about the characters and it's always been about their relationships and their bonds and the eleanor chidi relationship is definitely the strongest among among the different relationships on the show and their back and forth has always been you know a powerhouse up for uh conflict and emotion and plot and the fact that they get to be together forever or as long as they like in forever in eternity is really neat and soulmates are fun and like that's a really neat concept to like and like have them and also have it end in a weird way you know like there is a there's it's it's not sad at the end when they disappear it's sort of like this is the final resting place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. It's neat, as you say. It's, it's just a, yeah. such a great show, and I'm, I'm sad to be saying goodbye to it. But it is uh, – it, it was ready. As yeah, it was ready show. to go. It was ready it was, to go. When the Yeah, it, it didn't stay too long, and it didn't stay too short. Just like Gandalf, he arrived it, – it comes and went – as whenever he needs it to, I bastardized that quote, but you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, a wizard I, I is do. never early. A wizard arrives precisely the moment when he needs to. Um, that was great. That was perfect. You quoted it perfectly, Willoughby. Don't tell. Don't let anyone tell I, you different. Yeah, that's that's the quote. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, 
Uh, do you want to, before we wrap up our discussion about The Good Place, I feel like I, I we could talk about it for a long time, but also we've talked about it enough because we talked about it so much. Nearly. Uh, yeah. But, um, I, wanted to, I wanted to do this episode just because I wanted to cap it off because yeah. I, I it's such a fun to- show to talk about. It really You is. know, we don't get a lot of those. It's one of those, like, it's it's definitely, like, like lost in those ways where, like, there's just so many concepts uh, running around that you just sort of have to start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, before we finish our discussion, uh, why don't we name our favorite characters or characters if you want to give a shout-out to and just be like, hey, you were great. You did good. <laughs> um... Chidi and Eleanor and Michael and Janet and Tahani. <laughs> all and of Jason. them. Uh, no, that's all of them. But I think definitely Chidi and Michael are probably my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, Chidi, I feel like I, I resonate with Chidi a lot. So it's fun to see his character growth. And then Michael, Ted Danson is just so good. He, and he plays that character so perfect. Um but like they're all great. Like you know, I, there's not a bad one in the bunch. But uh, those are the two I have to shout out. Jason too. I will give a shout out to Jason since we shouted out everyone else. Um, yeah. And I also want to say that I kind of did miss um, uh, uh, the demon uh, Adam, that Sean? played played by Adam. Uh, oh, Trevor. Yeah, Adam Scott's demon, Trevor. Trevor. I kind of wish that he showed up a little bit beforehand. Maybe like according to according to Mike Sure on the podcast in those wide shots of the sort of um, cross paths that Michael Malley is at the center of the guy mm-hmm. with the frogs. Uh, you can, apparently, according to Mike Sure, you can see a, Adam Scott's character fl- like in the background flying away still uh-huh. and screaming <laughs> like he was at the end of the his last appearance oh, that's perfect. apparently the visual effects artist just threw him in to say that he's still he's still running he's still falling he's still <laughs> flying around okay perfect um, all right i'm happy yeah. about that but yes Yay. um i also want to give a shout out to janet because uh she janet. was she yeah she was so great i loved her development i love that at the end you can see her visibly crying because she has evolved so much that she's become like this being who knows everything and feels everything and will never I loved her speech too about um never forgetting Jason and like yeah. living in all those memories all the time that she had with him and that like everything was good. I love that speech. And um it was Star- very yeah. Very Dr. Manhattan y. It's very Dr. Manhattan y. And Darcy Carden does such a great job with it. I'm still upset she didn't get her Emmy for the episode where she played everyone in an episode. Yeah. But um, she's so good. She's so and- good uh janet there was a character there's a moment in i think either the previous episode or like just a couple episodes ago where her janet meets a a, like a new janet and the the there's such a stark difference in how she played both janets yeah where like she's so evolved and so emotional and so human and you come you go back to and she meets a janet that is like you know not evolved and you're just like oh my god darcy carden is amazing like the way that she has developed this character is so perfect um it also reminded me of the captain of the scene in endgame where captain america meets his 2012 version of himself and it's like 
it's funny to see like uh, you know uh, the uh, the character evolution and de-evolution and also in Toy Story 2 and Buzz Lightyear does the same thing where he meets a version of Buzz Lightyear that isn't who 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 thinks he's not a toy um I don't know I I love that concept where you see like two people and they're one of them is much more evolved character yeah it's like, always character fun development is much higher um yeah shout out to Darcy Carden shout out to this entire cast yeah this wonderful beautiful cast I love them I love them and I want to see them in more things. I'm excited to see where uh, Manny Jacinto's career goes because he's like the most beautiful man I've ever seen. <laughs> he's got cheekbones that can rival Keira Knightley. Yeah. He has, yeah, he has cheekbones that could cut through steel. Like, yeah. they are a dangerous weapon. And he is unlawfully possessing them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else you want to say about The Good Place? I think that's it. I think that's all. I'm ready to say goodbye to The Good Place. When you're ready. (laughs) All right. Um, All right. With that, let's move on to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. All right, Willoughby, why don't you start us off? What do you really like this week? The Fast 9 trailer. Yeah, Justice. Oh, my God. Okay, so Friday, it's 3 o'clock. Miami, live stream, Vin Diesel, Tyrese, Luda, everyone's on stage. Talk, you know, they're doing a a whole ass concert for the release of the Fast and Furious, the ninth Fast and, or I guess the tenth now, but the Fast and Furious Nine, effectively called F Nine, um, and they're they do a, they're doing this concert live stream, and then they're gonna drop the trailer, and I was like, okay, I don't really have to watch the concert because it's just like ludicrous and uh, a couple other you know acts doing their thing, um, so I'll like kind of like you know, peek in when it's the actual time for the trailer and they drop the trailer and I'm like, there's a lot going on here. How long is this trailer? It's a Turns long out, trailer. And it's four minutes. It's like three minutes and 50 seconds, but it's like, it's long. And so much of this movie is revealed, but also so much is not because it's only been four minutes, but John Pena plays Dominic Toretto's brother and he's apparently never, you know, we've had nine movies, you know, we've had, there's been nine movies and never once mentioned of another Toretto, um, which is funny because like, you know, Mia Toretto played by Jordana Brewster is like another major character. Like the two of them live together with Paul Walker and like all the, you know, like in Los Angeles and no mention of John Cena's Jacob. So I'm very excited how they're going to like shoehorn him into this, but it's fun. Uh, he's like a master assassin. I'm just like, of course he is. He's a Toretto. Um, Even though the Toretto's at the beginning were just like street racers. Yeah. This, I mean, so, okay. So then after I watched the trailer, I went back there this weekend and watched all of the Fast and Furious movies again, um, except for Hobbs and Shaw. I, have, I, didn't, I didn't get the time for that. I also don't think it's a great movie. Um, uh, but the, but I watched the main saga, the fast saga, as they're now calling it. Uh, and I think it's just, it's such a wonderful uh, franchise. It's so, it's nice core. It is 
action-filled. It is all about family and found family. Uh, it, and the the Fast Nine character, the Fast Nine trailer, also brings back Han, the character that died in Tokyo Drift, who comes back in four, five, and six. Turns out Tokyo Drift takes place between the sixth movie and the seventh movie. Uh, even though it was filmed in 2005, so like the cell phones are all out of da- da- all out of whack, and like the technology is so unadvanced. Um, but you know, you sort of like you know you, you you all that all sort of notions of believability go out the door with this franchise. So I forgive it for that. Um, and it also brings back. I mean, you know, we saw him in a car crash, but we didn't see his body. There was no body with Han. So he, you know, everyone was always talking about how he could come back or at least justice for Han because Jason Statham's character was like, all right, I'm going to work with you guys. And they're like, cool. You murdered our friend. What's up with that? Even though they never addressed it. I'm still angry um, about that. They, they're I like, they here, have a beer, drink. Jason Statham, even though you killed our friend in the, and the, have a spinoff with the rock. Yeah. And you, you, you can save a baby. Sure. Maybe it's the most charming scene in the movie. I don't care. <laughs> I will say in Fate of the Furious, they're not overtly welcoming up of him immediately. Like they don't like him when he shows up, but still it's, yeah. He Fate gets invited Furious, to the barbecue. Was... That's yeah, treachery enough for me. Uh, but you know, they, 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 they end the, the trailer with justice is coming. So, which was, there's been a hashtag justice for Han, uh, so it's definitely something that they're aware of. And also Justin Lin and Sung Kang are like best friends. And like, he put them in, in, in fast and furious, even though it didn't make sense because Han died. Like, you know, it, it I don't, I, I, I can't wait to watch Death this. is not permanent in this, so. in this, uh, franchise. Neither is which Amnesia. Is I, yeah. Which is why I want Gal Gadot's character to come back as well. Cause we also didn't see her death. I mean, we saw her you know, go into the into the, the the void at the end of Fast and Furious Six, but they never had a funeral for her, which means that she can come back. Yeah, but yeah, I love uh, that Han comes back and he's already eating. Like that that was a signature yep. thing in the um in the movies, and uh, it was also the signature thing in his in the movie Better Luck Tomorrow, where that Justin Lin directed, um because it was sort of a a cool thing. You know, it's like you know Brad Pitt eating in in a ocean in the Ocean's movies. It's just a cool dude thing. Right. I can't wait. These movies are so batshit, but I love them. Uh, and the trailer is just so overtly like, this is what we're doing. And it's the action is insane. And I can't wait. Um, and I've been rambling. Uh, HD, what do you really like? Uh, my really like this week is Birds of Prey. It's coming out this uh, Friday. And um, I got to see it early at the London premiere this past last Wednesday yeah this past Wednesday and um, it's a blast it's not a perfect movie the story is kind of weak and the tone shifts are a little all over the place but it's so fun it's so kooky and wacky and it's one of the funniest um, superhero movies I've seen recently as well as uh, and also both some of the best action sequences I've seen in a superhero movie ever probably it has a touch of John Wick to it very kinetic very dynamic very gruesome but um, done in like these 
long shots that really show you that the, they care about the action and not just cutting back and forth in a really frenetic way to make you feel like they're, they're actually fighting. Um, and it's it's um, also the second unit director um, was Chad Stahelski. He came, he came on uh, during the reshoots, and Chad Stahelski is the director of the John Wick movies, so it explains why it has some of that John Wick flair. Um, and the Kathy Yan just directs the hell out of this movie. It's so stylized and so just like, really poppy and fun and uh, I really love the ca- the character dynamics between all of these women uh Saoirse Ronan voice women <laughs> um it's not a movie that's trying to like trying to be empowered or anything it's it it's just um it has a lot of complicated women who don't all like each other and I really like that sort of fascinating flawed dynamic between all of them uh it's just having a blast and doesn't care about anything else so Birds of prey. Would you say? Would you say it's like what Suicide thinks it is? Oh yeah, it's what people wanted Suicide Squad to be. Gotcha. That's what I thought. That's, yeah. Uh, which I'm very, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Film. The needle drops, by the way, are actually great, and they make sense of the context Ooh. of the film. And uh, I think Kathy Ann went, uh, made a decision to have all of the songs be like covers uh, by women. So. They're they're all like recognizable songs, but they're covered by women, and it's it's really great. Oh, that's fun! Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Birds of prey, Fast and Furious. Uh, Anya usually does this part. Oh yeah, um, we're bad at this. Um, if you if you want to talk to let us, me, about... let me do this first, Willoughby, because you you do the social that's, stuff. Yeah. Uh, if right. if you want to talk to us about the Good Place, Fast and Furious or Birds of Prey, please let us know. And where can they do that, Willoughby? You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. And you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And where can they find you on the internet? You can find me at htrenbui on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. And whenever you're ready. Bye! Bye.